housing for the aged action group, Haig for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Welcome to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. Uh, my name's Shane. I'm here with Fiona. How are you doing, Fiona? Yeah, I'm good. Here we are in Zoom land again. We are recording in the studio, the uh, lounge rooms via video conferencing platforms. It's a bit of a new world for us all. Um, but we're going to bring you the usual mix of news and information about older people's housing issues. I guess um, the biggest news in that area over the last week or so has been the Victorian government's rental kind of package for coronavirus stuff. Um, I don't know if there's a better name for it than, than that. Um, I guess it's been pretty disappointing to us, the, the rollout of these reforms. So I think it was about four or five weeks ago, Scott Morrison announced a national eviction ban for six months. Um, there's no detail on that. There was a great deal of confusion about it. Finally, I think about a week ago today, as we record on Tuesday, Daniel Andrews confirmed that there would be an eviction ban, but sing singularly failed to deliver any detail about what that means. So uh, we understand that you can't be evicted for rent arrears that have arisen because of coronavirus. We understand there are also other circumstances in which you can't be evicted, but we also understand there are some circumstances in which you can be evicted. Uh, what those circumstances are, well, We'll find out sometime. Um, if you're a tenant wanting some certainty, look, by the time this show goes to air tomorrow night, maybe we'll have that. Maybe we'll know what's actually going on. But I have to say it's pretty disappointing that uh, we don't know what specifically the Victorian government is considering. And I guess from our point of view at HAG, um, there's a big difference in ways that could be implemented. So there's a kind of narrow concept of what might be allowed. So a general eviction ban with an exception where someone's a danger to the property or themselves, something like that, uh, might be something that we would look more favourably on. Uh, whereas an eviction ban that only applies to people who lose wages because of coronavirus and pay less rent as a result, um, if that still lets landlords turf people out because they say they want to do renovations or say they want to move in, or you know some of the other quite thin pretexts for eviction that are allowed under the Act ordinarily, we'd be very worried that a, that's going to leave out a lot of older people who are already in tremendous, tremendous, excuse me, tremendous rental stress uh, because the age pension is so inadequate, the disability pension is so inadequate. Uh, New start, better now uh, with the coronavirus supplement that isn't paid to any pensioners. Um, but um, yeah, we worry that the, the pensioners, the many, many, many older renters who already struggle to afford their rent, won't benefit from some of these package because they're not losing wages they're just suffering under a, a totally unjust benefit system in this country um, on the other hand we worry that unscrupulous landlords will use use these pretexts as an excuse you know the landlord says they want to move in and gets around um, the the eviction ban by turfing you out under some false pretense and we know that not all landlords are doing the right thing morrison and andrews both put a lot of emphasis in their press conferences and whatnot on landlords and tenants sitting down together and working things out. Um, but 
you know, the idea that landlords can be relied upon for good faith negotiations, I think uh, many of us have seen that that's just not the case. Um, so we're keen for these reforms to actually protect people and we're gagging for some detail to find out whether they will or not. Um, and I guess we'd say if they, if they do, then fantastic. We'll be fighting to keep those protections because there's no reason why renters uh, shouldn't be properly protected all of the time, not just during a global pandemic. Uh, and if those reforms aren't adequate, then we'll be lobbying the government to put in some real protections that will actually secure the homes uh, of older renters and other tenants across Victoria. My understanding is that the only, that they're planning on saying that the only reason um, for issuing a notice to vacate will be pretty appalling behaviour like violence or... What, where are you getting that understanding from? This is what I've been told by the people that are drafting things. Well, it's, I mean, there's all kinds of rumours going around about yeah. what's going to be I mean, yeah, we have to obviously wait for the official announcement, but certainly that's... Community housing providers have already undertaken that and so is the Office of Housing, um, but it's not legislated and I believe the legislation's going through on Thursday. So we should have the detail after that um, about what the actual information will be. And hopefully it will be a really um, narrow reason, set of reasons for people to be evicted and not just because the landlord wants to put new carpet down or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing we saw in the rent, the, that rental package from the Vic government is this concept of mediation to support landlords and tenants to come to an agreement about rent reductions. Yeah. Again, we think that's, that's really worrisome when you can't rely on landlords who are overwhelmingly gonna be represented by professional real estate agents yeah. to, to bargain in good faith and on a level playing field with, with tenants, with any kinds of tenants, but especially older tenants who may be particularly vulnerable. So we'll be keen to support any older tenants in Victoria who do need to enter those negotiations if that's you then please do give us a call and we'll give out our contact info at the end of the show yeah um, one of the, it's really important that tenants are well supported to get good outcomes in these supposed negotiations and we already know that this is an issue for people we've already had people calling us saying that their landlords are refusing rent reductions um, and also threatening eviction in six months time when the bans lifted as well which is particularly um, sort of threatening and horrible um, so, yeah, it's definitely not a level playing field. And just like in retirement villages where you live with your manager, it's obviously going to be a power imbalance. And we really think there needs to be some additional support um, for people about negotiating. And the other thing that was mentioned, I believe, I'm not as familiar with this, is the rent. Um, is there going to be any relief for renters or landlords? No? Yeah. Um Sorry, the, there's a relief package for, yeah, there's money for landlords and money for tenants. Yeah. Um, overwhelming majority of that money going to landlords, of course. What does it look like? What is it, does it mean that you can actually apply for some money from the government to help with your rent or what, what's, how's it going to be rolled out? Do we know yet? Yeah, so there's a land tax relief scheme for landlords who negotiate rent reductions with tenants. Um, and I guess what you what you what I worry about that's worth 420 million. Um, I, I foresee landlords um, trying to negotiate rent reductions that are less than the amount that they'll reap in benefit from the t the tax relief. So essentially, that landlords will try and profit off of tenants losing their income. Um, in addition to that, there is a package of 80 million dollars in extra rent assistance to be paid to tenants who. 
negotiate rent reductions with their landlords, but continue to experience rental stress. So still paying more than they can afford despite having negotiated the rent down. There'll and, be money for that. And is it true that they will be basically just hit with a big bill at the end of the, uh, end of the pandemic? Are, are, the rent, are landlords able to collect the rent that they've not been able to collect over this time? Or is that not clear? Uh, well, I guess that's, I mean, that's a, a somewhat complicated question. The government scheme relies on people negotiating. So in, in individual cases, that's going to depend on what people agree. Um, for some people, it may work relatively well to negotiate that the rent be deferred rather than reduced. But if they negotiate a rent reduction that is a reduction, then that's not going to be recoverable. Yeah. Um, the, you know, if landlords don't reach an agreement with tenants, then tenants will remain liable for the amount that's in their agreements, uh, where it seems they will, pending any further detail in the, the package of laws that pass. But, you know, I mean, good good luck for landlords who decide in six months that they're going to try and chase broke tenants for six months worth of rent. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I guess the other thing we should say is that most people, I mean, how, however many people, I think there's last census there was, um, you know, quite a lot of people who are on the pension and on new start in private rental who are in housing stress and that hasn't changed because of the pandemic and it's still going to be there as an issue after the pandemic um so any kind of reforms need to address that fundamental issue about housing affordability um, and hopefully if there is anything good to come out of it people will finally realize the need for affordable housing as a health outcome um, well, I mean, the other thing is that we're, you know, in terms of the, the recession or economic downturn that we're looking at at the moment, building public housing is, is such a, a no-brainer form of stimulus to, to go to at the moment. The last time there was a big investment in social housing was under the Rudd government in the, in the global financial crisis context. And overwhelmingly, that money went to the, to the private market. Well, we, you know, it built, it built affordable housing but mostly it built it for private landlords or private uh, companies, not private not-for-profit organisations and whatnot. The, I've suddenly started saying whatnot every other sentence. Can you, you've got to stop me. The, um, <laughs> we, we, want, we want the same sort of stimulus, the same sort of nation build project, but we want that money put into actual public housing that the public will own, um, not more unaccountable, untransparent, uh, you know, private garbage. Uh, but on that, on that cheery note, I reckon we've got to go to the interview because I've been ranting for too long. We're going to run out of time. Okay, so we've got a little interview to play now um, with one of our outreach workers who has, he's going to describe what it's been like trying to house people during the pandemic. So um, we'll go straight to that interview now. Shane and I are joined today by Melissa, who is one of the Housing for the Aged Action Group outreach workers. Um, how are you going, Melissa? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I, we thought it would be a good idea to have you come in and talk to us about what um, your role in housing people um, is looking like these days with all of the restrictions around the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so would you be able to tell us a little bit about what you do um, to help older people get housed? Well, I'm one of the five outreach workers um, at um, Housing for the Age Action Group. So it is our job actually to assist clients from applications to, you know, house them and link them up with available services once they are securely housed. And as because it is called outreach workers, 
um, rather than clients coming to us, we, we do go to them because of their um, age-related difficulties or language barriers. So we, we are outreach workers to make it as easy as possible. But of course, with this pandemic, and we are unable to provide any face-to-face -face service. So all our uh, service delivery, whether it's assessment or property offers or housing them, we had to come up with some um, very creative ways of doing it. So we're still doing them. We're still very actively trying to fulfill our, you know, um, duties, but without actually um, seeing the clients. So we are on the phones a lot. We're doing all our assessments over the phone, continuously using interpreters. We sometimes might be posting the relevant uh, paperwork to our clients, and then they post back after they sign them. Sometimes we take them to their letterbox and we call them again with interpreters or if they're speaking in English, go through each form so they know what exactly they are signing. Um, and we also make sure that at the end of this pandemic, um, we will go and do more face-to-face -face visits and answer more questions. But in the meantime, we don't really want them to wait to be assessed any longer than it is necessary. So that has been working okay. We just had a Zoom meeting, this funny way of having meetings now. Um, and outreach workers reported that that has been um, working well. And we did conduct number of assessments and, um, and we are improving every day on it. And <clears throat> that's on that out. <laughs> Show you up. Okay, um, so keep going. Yeah, sorry, keep going. So that, that, seems, that seems to be working um, okay, given the pandemic and how difficult everything is, but we are uh, definitely trying to go through all our wait lists and trying to conduct assessments. So that's the assessments part of our uh, role. We continuously getting um, property offers still. Um, when the third uh, state restrictions began, when everyone was working from home, there was for a couple of days, a bit mayhem, not knowing who's going to be doing what, because we normally would be picking up our clients, taking them to the offer interviews. We would make sure that they understand and the process. They would make sure that the property they're being offered is exactly the property we, um, we assessed for, and that's they, they're being offered. That we had to sort of uh, communicate with different housing services, but less than a week, they, most of them came on board. A lot of um, conference calls happening. They're doing the phone interviews over the phone with interpreters. They can even connect four people at the same time. So we are still involved. And some clients might have a family member who assists them to go and pick up the key and have a look at the property. For some who don't have any way of doing it, we um, take taxi vouchers and organize taxis for them. So they go and have a look at the property. But I actually heard today from now on, most of the housing services will be actually um, asking their maintenance workers to drive and drop the key on the door for client to have a look. So that's going to make it much easier. And then once the client have a look, if they agree, I've, con I've completed about three signups during this pandemic. And it, it seems it worked quite well. And we organized some furniture, whatever they need over the phone, tried to assist them with utility connections over the phone. And yeah, so far we are managing okay. 
so, sounds like housing services are entering the 21st century a bit, that everyone doesn't have to drive to the same spot to uh, get, get a, take a check to the post office and whatnot. Correct, yes. Yeah. So it actually might be improving things in the long run with some of these processes, potentially. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, because we, it is always, we always have clients' best interests in our hearts and we, we would always go above and beyond. If they say, no, you go and pay the check in the post office, yep, sure, we'll do it. Um, you don't always necessarily look for things to be done in a way that's, you know, always organized. But mm. this pandemic sort of, sort of alerted that no one was ready for something like that. So that's all a learning curve for all of us. And there is something like health pandemic and it might happen again. And yeah, we'll uh, learn from that. And in the meantime, businesses as usual and um, homelessness was already uh, one of the biggest social issues. With this pandemic, it's only going to get worse. Personally, I sort of feel like um, really disappointed. I feel like all the hard work that we put in at HAG is going to be undone. So before it's all undone, we're going to continue doing more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are you seeing clients having particular um, issues because of the pandemic or are these clients getting offers that have been on the wait list for a long time? Is there anyone that's in a particular circumstance that's been exacerbated by the, by the flu virus? Absolutely. There was a client of mine, that's actually the last client I asked before that pandemic, last face-to-face -face client. He did have an approved um, homelessness with sport application, but he wasn't 55 yet. He was about a few months to become 55. And the housing service was keep um, knocking back my recommendation for him to rent. He's homeless from Somali background. He's got disability. He's a victim of a war survivor. And he's got disability. And I did actually write a letter saying that he's not 55 now, but he'll be 55 in June. And all his friends were happy to accommodate him up until the pandemic started. And they said, no, we can't have an additional person. So the housing service did come on board and they did make him an offer and the security moved him just before the pandemic started. So, um, but the rest of the clients they're being offered, they are already on the system waiting for properties. Um, some of them, still declining because they really nervous about the pandemic and while this process they don't want to catch the virus and they're saying mm -hmm. that can you negotiate with the housing work of, of uh, housing service for me so i'll wait for the next offer and they were understanding they're cancelling the offer uh, without actually making like offered so yeah. clients still can maintain their homelessness with um, the priority status if you like until the pandemic is over some definitely want to move and they're saying yes and it's all happening. Um, one of the uh, reasons that I get a lot of calls, I have a lot of clients from culturally linguistic background. They're actually not understanding. They're saying that oh, I want to go back to Lebanon. Can you help me with that? I said, no, there is no way that anyone can live or come in Australia at the moment. So it's, it's just, I'm just explaining and I printed some of the printed materials and I'm posting them, but some of them also illiterate in their own language too. So it's just a matter of being available and explaining. And it was very hard for me too to understand this pandemic initially. Yeah, so do you think it, that yeah. 
people from non-English speaking backgrounds just aren't getting the kind of information they need about they, the virus. They weren't. They weren't initially. But it's a bit better now. SBS and all that did put some art, and uh, but it wasn't all that um, good initially. Mm. And have you heard of anybody um, who has? So you mentioned a Somali man who was kicked out of his home, and I believe one of our other outreach workers also lost her um, family couch surfing options because people were scared. Yeah. Um, do you think there's an increase in those sorts of clients coming to the service because of the pandemic? Um, I haven't heard any other, but there might be. Um, I do also get phone calls like would would this sort of make it quicker for me to get an offer? Mm. Um, but the housing workers can't um, uh, answer that. But they are open to negotiations. They are if there is a property a client of mine declined, I nominate someone else straight away who told me that she's ready, and I try to get the offer that way. So we continuously um, in touch with housing providers and. Um, yeah, quite quite a few offers happening at the moment. So there is a bit more so, flexibility, mm. and people are getting housed. Um, maybe Definitely. Quicker. Yeah, um, I think from memory there was about 20, 20 something people housed last month. Is that right? That's like twenty four. Yeah, yeah twenty four. That, that's a lot. Um, that's yeah. That's heaps. So there must be yeah. a lot of housing coming through at the moment. Yeah. Mainly yeah. public housing is is that. Um, socialising as well. Yeah. yeah, we've just been. I've just been informed by one of the socialising providers that they are considering four of my clients actually for the new release list uh, properties in Footscray. So, so I'm waiting for them to come through. Um, the offers will offers will continue to happen. Will continue to house people, but not necessarily maybe to info because everything is taking longer mm. even like if the client gets an offer today i have to drive and leave a card for her to go and have a look at and it takes what it what it would take normally in one day it could take up to one week now to get the client sign up yeah. but um it's better than nothing so yeah because even just waiting for the documents to be posted back adds an extra week onto the process yeah yeah correct is there anything else you think the listeners would want to hear about in terms of housing older people during the pandemic? Um, the assessment part is a bit a bit uh, difficult, not because seeing not being there visually. Because while we do housing assessment, we also do we provide holistic assessment. We assess other things: the affordability, the how suitable the problems in the home, whether they can you know any um, hazards of falls and things like that. That's a bit difficult to um, assess because we are not there simply. Mm. But we do tell them that hopefully when this pandemic is over, we will love to go and, um, you know, do that visit to, you know, maybe provide second assessment. And have you, are you still there? I'm here. Oh. Yeah. The oh. phone rang, my phone rang. Oh, that's stops. what happened. I'll have to cut that out as well then. I just um, declined. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I was going to ask about is getting people additional support um, while they're waiting for housing and also after their house, because I know there's been a fair bit of connecting people up with emergency relief and food and stuff like that. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about how that's been as well? 
Um, well, the people that I asked that I managed to get still some of the furniture items and um, also the phone numbers for um, that you and Christine was providing us. I think intake workers, our intake workers are doing a lot of information provision to those who are not on our system. We've also got clients um, who are supported well with friends and relatives. Um, and those that I have a client who's being discharged from hospital, unfortunately, in this pandemic, he had a heart attack. He was in hospital and rehab. He's being discharged today. Hospital is getting all the MyH care and um, uh, services in, post-acute services in. But just for today, there is a need for shopping. And even if I look for a place for them to get delivered a parcel and all that, it's going to take longer time. So um, I volunteered and um, I'll just do basic shopping and drop, him off, drop them off to his door mm -hmm. without necessarily seeing him. So we're trying to be as flexible as we can. Um, yeah, and it sounds Bra like brave telling. Sorry, go on. Brave telling the whole three CR audience that you'll drop off groceries to people. <laughs> I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna cut some of it, won't you, Fiona? No, it's all good. We don't need to worry about that. But it is a reality shame. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I think you and the other outreach workers are doing amazing work at the moment to keep, like, housing people in this totally incredible time. Yeah, it's full on, and you do an amazing job. And it's great to see the Office of Housing being a bit more flexible than usual as well. Thank you. So that's great. Thanks, Melissa, and, and Thank give you. our love to all the others as well in the team. I will. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, Thank you. Bye. I want to hit end, stop recording. I think the um we are almost out of time for this episode. We'll be back on the what is it the first Wednesday of uh, the next month. Isn't it the second yeah. and the fourth? Isn't it the second and the fourth? Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we glad we really workshop this. It's gone so well. I think uh, we'll five. be back anyway. You can look us up on the three CR website. Um, the numbers. If you want to get in touch with Hag, uh, our numbers are nine six five four. 7389 and what's the other one Fiona? 1300 765 178. Good work. The um so that number again 1300 765 178. Um we're going to have a general meeting fairly soon if you want to get involved in that give us a call or of course if you're an older person in Victoria who's experiencing housing stress at the moment uh, or any other kind of housing problem let's see what we can do to help you. Um we're going to leave you now with another song big musical week. Uh, this is Destiny's Child and appropriately enough for the pandemic uh, survivor. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye.